in the blue, we have Addie playing the part of Mary. And in the red, we have, uh, what's her name? Uh, Ava playing the part of Elizabeth. This is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready, and she hurried to a town. She hurried to a town. She, oh, let's just start it over. Back to your positions. Music. At that time, Mary got ready, and she hurried to a town. In the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to Amen. Church, would you give it up for Ava and Addie? Good job, girls. That was so good. All right, you have your Bibles. Open them up. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. All right. What is going on there? What is going on in this scene? If you remember, Jeremy Folsom, our director of family life, he preached on the scene right before this last week where the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, tells her that she's going to have a baby, even though she's a virgin. She is going to have a baby, and she's going to name him Jesus. He will be on the throne of his father David, and he will reign in his kingdom forever. As you remember from last week, Mary kind of questioned the angel. She had to remind the angel, don't you know that I am a virgin? But then the angel responded to her, telling her that it would be a supernatural conception by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus would be a holy child, the Son of God. So that's pretty amazing. And by the way, Jeremy, last week was amazing. Your sermon was incredible. But then Gabriel goes on to say to Mary, your relative Elizabeth, played by my daughter Ava, your relative Elizabeth has conceived. In fact, she is already in her sixth month. You remember Elizabeth? Who is Elizabeth married to? Zechariah. Zechariah, a priest who served in the temple. He encountered the same angel. What was the angel's name again? Gabriel. And was told that he and Elizabeth were going to have a son, even though they had not been able to conceive, and they were up there in age. But Gabriel said, not only are you going to have a son, but your son is special. He is going to get the people ready. Prepare the way for the Lord. So again, last week, the angel tells Mary, Her cousin Elizabeth conceived in her old age, already in her sixth month. If you remember last week, right after that, the angel declares a pretty powerful statement. The angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that, church? Nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary, what a beautiful response. She says, behold, I am the bond slave, the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me. According to your word. And then the word says, the angel departed. 
Well, now what do you do? What do you do next? The angel tells you you're going to get pregnant. The angel tells you your cousin is already pregnant. What do you next? What do you do next? Well, the Bible tells us. And the girls did an amazing job, I think, of acting it out. But I want to read it to you again. So this is the very next scene. It says, at that time, Mary got ready. And she hurried, hurried to a, with the Flintstone sound. She hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home, greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So it's kind of exciting, right? There's an energy to this scene. By the way, just in general, in faith, can we have a little bit of energy to our faith, church? Be a little excited in our faith. There's an energy. Mary, Mary hears this news of what's going to happen in her, but she also hears the news of what's happened in her cousin Elizabeth. And so there's an excitement for these women of God. These women of God, they're now coming together and they're going to share what God is doing in their lives. And again, there's an energy to it all. Have you experienced that before? Right? Have you experienced that before where you're sharing what God is doing with another person and you're just so excited and so happy? You ever been there before? I just experienced that Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we met for that time of prayer. Again, I want to encourage you, uh, come this Tuesday night. We're going to have a wonderful time of worship, uh, mainly just singing. We're just going to sing, sing, and sing some more. But we had an opportunity. We opened it up for people on Tuesday night to share testimonies of what God is doing in their lives. It was only supposed to be an hour-long service, but we had 30 minutes of testimonies. 30 minutes, and as each story stacked on top of the other stories, guess what began to happen? A faith began to rise in the sanctuary. It was exciting. Kind of reminds me of a meeting I had just Thursday morning with an assistant dean of uh, students at a high school in, uh, in the Kent School District. And we had, uh, we were meeting at Starbucks and we just began to share all the things that God was doing in our lives. And we got so excited. Our faith was being built up. And by the time that meeting was over, both of us just kind of on top of the world. Don't you just love those types of meetings, church? And you can see it here in this story. I want to encourage you, maybe challenge you, keep your eyes open to what the Lord is doing in you and you be ready to share. I think Christians sometimes are ready to share the negative, I know a lot of Christians are really happy to tell me what's wrong. But when was the last time you were quick and ready to share what was right about your life, what God was doing in you? I love that so many of you are taking the testimony class. How many do we have in, in that testimony class? Like 10, 10 people taking a testimony. What is a testimony? Your story. Learning how to share your story. One of the most powerful things you can do as a Christian one who has been touched, supernaturally touched, radically changed by the power of God. You know what? One of the best things you can do. Like, how do I do this thing? Tell your story. Tell your story of what the Lord has done in you. So that's what you see. Mary and Elizabeth, they're coming together. They're telling their stories. Even John, you got to love John, right? John makes his presence known. He's not even born yet. And yet he's one of the main characters in the scene. He's leaping in his mother's womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. But then... If you keep on reading, Elizabeth talks about how blessed Mary is. 
Did you catch that part? Kind of a big theme here uh, in the uh, in the passage that we're reading today. She starts talking about how blessed Mary is. In fact, we'll go to verse 42 if you want to put that up on the screen. It says, in a loud voice. What kind of voice? Yeah, so whoever told you you couldn't be loud when you're talking about the things of God, I, I don't know. Um, they're probably a boring dinner date. Now, loudly, she exclaimed, blessed. Or in my Presbyterian days, blessed. <laughs> I keep on wanting to say it. I'm like, no, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. And blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let's say that last one together. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she. She's called blessed. John is called blessed. It's funny. Now, if I was to give this message like 10 years ago, I would have told you that blessed is a word that's really not used too much anymore in our current, you know, real world. It's really more one of those Christianese, you know, kind of words that's really in the, in the house of God. But have you noticed that the word blessed has really made a comeback in, in our world? Right? Anyone? Right? Hashtag blessed. Anybody? It's a thing. I'm just telling you it's a thing. In fact, if you don't believe me, I'll show you it's a thing. We've got a couple of pictures here. Oh, here, here's someone. Uh, she's got her new baby here. Hashtag blessed. Uh, let's see what's the next one. I have no idea what this is, but bro, my trainer got, trainer got me a new gift. Hashtag blessed. Pretty awesome right there. Oh, of course. Come on. Hard work pays off. Hashtag blessed. Got the new shoes. Oh, I, this is my favorite one. My 7 for $10 unique UEO socks just came in the mail. Hashtag blessed. Oh, this is Jeremy Folsom. It was 55 degrees just before this picture was taken at church today. It definitely keeps you awake. Hashtag blessed. I think that's great that you find blessing in frigid temperatures. Good for you. Oh, this is a great one. Hashtag blessed because of the new Hobby Lobby. Come on, church. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. But what does it mean to be Bless. You know, the more I read, the more I study the Bible, I'm realizing, I'm just being honest here, that a lot of my faith, a lot of what I believe or don't believe, it comes more from church traditions than actually from the Word of God. Anybody else notice that? The more you are, you're like, I can't even find that in the Bible. And I think this word, hashtag blessed, is a great example. Most of what I thought it meant to be blessed came from either pastors or elders, or TV, right? Have you ever turned on a Christian TV station before? They're always talking about being blessed. Christian songs, uh, bless me indeed, right? You heard that one? But all of that instead of what the Bible actually says. So I, I, I think we've steered blessed in a direction it was never meant to be. Hopefully today we're just going to take it back uh, into uh, truly what it means. It might challenge you a little bit, but that's a good thing. You didn't come just to have your beliefs encouraged. You're here to learn something from the Word of God. Amen. You don't have to say amen to that because you're nervous. I get it. (laughs) Now, I think most of you already know this, but the word blessed is a Greek word, makarios, which means to be happy, right? Most of us know that. It's a word uh, blessed, uh, and we use and you even see this in the translations, we'll, we'll say blessed instead of happy because especially in America, in our culture, happiness doesn't quite get to what the Bible's trying to explain there, right? Happiness in America, have you, have you 
tried to be happy in America. It's a very fleeting idea, isn't it? Uh, happiness in America, it's kind of what toddlers do, right? It kind of comes in and goes out like the wind. I mean, have you ever had a toddler in your house one day? In America, we'd say one minute, like, they're happy, but then have you, have you had the wind come in? And then all of a sudden, you don't even know where it came from, and they're just pounding everything, and they're throwing everything, and then they're sad or they're mad. And so when you see the word in the Bible, it's deeper than that. Right? It's deeper than your toddler. It's deeper than the view of happiness. Being blessed, it goes deeper, actually to a place that beneath the Risner says that makarios, this word, it means to be fully satisfied regardless of your circumstances. Fully satisfied regardless of circumstances. So again, not being happy because all the circumstances of life are going the way you want them to go, like that toddler, but to be happy in the Lord is to have your life and all of your circumstances placed firmly and securely in the hands of God and from this depth of knowledge and truth that you are in His hands, a part of His kingdom, you're blessed, you're satisfied, you're happy, walking in the favor and will of God. It's a word that was used outside of the Bible as well. The Greeks used this word to refer to their gods. Their gods, they said, were blessed. And the reason that their gods were blessed was because they lived in another world far from our world. So they were distanced from the cares and the worries and the concerns of our world. So they were blessed. They were happy, unaffected people. They were the blessed ones. They also used this word blessed for dead people. For dead people, the dead ones, they were the blessed ones. Why are they blessed? Again, because they're dead, meaning they have been removed from the cares and worries and concerns and problems of this world. So as a human, if you want to be blessed, one of the ways to be blessed is to die. I've actually noticed that's kind of common in this world, including many Christians, that the only way to be truly blessed or happy is to be dead. How many times, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many times have you heard a Christian brother or sister say, Oh, Lord, take me now. Lord, take me now. But I want to show you how the Bible, it redeems this word from that Greek culture, takes it back, says, no, you don't have to be a God. You don't have to be dead. You don't have to leave this world. You just have to press into God. The Lord has shown me that word again and again and again through this 40 days of fasting, to press in, to lean in, press into God, be a part of his kingdom, his plans, his will. Follow the Lord and you will be blessed. That's what you see with Mary. That's what you see with Elizabeth. Elizabeth declares, Mary, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. In this life, on this earth, blessed is she who believes in the Lord. She's blessed. She's blessed. She's blessed as she believes, as she obeys God's will for her life. And this line, it really stood out to me this week. Because her status of being blessed, I hope you just see it there, it comes from her belief in God. And I hope that speaks loudly to you today. Because those who believe in the Lord, who believe in his word, who believe that he will fulfill his word, do what he says he's going to do, they are blessed. So those who believe, those who believe, it's not like believe like I believe this piano is wood or I believe two plus two equals four. No, a belief that demands action, right? A belief that actually changes your thoughts, changes your actions. Aren't you tired of people saying they believe this or that and yet nothing changes? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a belief that makes you a little uncomfortable, that actually changes your decisions. 
And out of that, all God's people say, Amen. Yeah. That's belief. Everyone believes the sky is blue. You don't get a ribbon for that. But you actually begin to live according to your beliefs. Think of it this way, that you walk in belief. I want to write that down. It's a great way to think about belief as an action, that you are walking in belief. You see this again throughout the Bible. People who walked in belief, they weren't perfect. They had their flaws, but they walked in belief. So Mary, because of your belief, you actually now follow what God is asking you to do. Mary believed that she would carry the Son of God. Yes, she had her doubts, she had her questions, but she believed and she walked out that belief in faith. Does that make sense? And as she walked out her belief in faith, she was blessed. She was happy. I ask you the question, are you walking out your faith or your belief in faith? Are you walking it out? I want you to really give that some thought. Because have you ever been there before? Have you ever been there where you're walking out your belief in faith? Have you ever lived your life where it's all flowing from what you believe? Talk about a blessed life. How good that life is. When you actually live your life based on what you believe. When you make your choices. When you make your decisions. Come on. Financial decisions. Relational decisions. Do you know how many decisions you make in a day? You make 35,000 decisions in a day. When you make your decisions from a deep place, a core place of belief and faith, what a joyous life that is. That is a blessed, hashtag blessed life. And have you noticed that this blessed life, it's not based on circumstances. It's just not. I mean, have you noticed that many of the people of this world who live the most blessed lives don't even have much in the way of material possessions? Have you been to Africa? Have you been to South America? Have you met a Christian who has almost nothing in physical possessions? Have you, if you've done it, just, it humbles you. Because they almost have nothing. And yet they're so happy in Jesus. Happy. Happy. Like they smile. Don't you wish you were around more Christians who smiled? Oh, Jesus, revival would come. But it will wreck you in the best of ways if you ever get to experience that. Because you're going to experience someone who's happy. And not because of circumstances, not because of their possessions, but based on their obedience, their trust, their following the Lord, their faithfulness to walk out their belief in faith. Bless. Jesus talks a lot about being blessed in the Bible. He has a lot to say. There's this great scene, Luke chapter 11. He's talking to a crowd, and all of a sudden, uh, verse 27 tells us this woman, a woman in the crowd, she raises her voice. She says to Jesus, Blessed is the womb that bore you. She has an accent, it sounds like. And the breast at which you nursed. Sounds pretty good. Like, I probably would have just said, Thank you. But what does he say? Verse 28, he says, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. It's very similar, isn't it, to what we just talked about. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. So when you hear the word of God, whether it be delivered through your Bible, through Gabriel, by the Holy Spirit himself, blessed, happy are those who hear the word of God and do what it says, who actually observe it. I, I, I hear so many sermons trying to discount these scriptures. 
But this is what Jesus is telling us. And it's not because you got a new car or some shoes or a great deal on some socks. It's because you're in a relationship with God. A true church, if I have any passion and mission on life, it's to have Christians wake up to the true reality of who they are in Christ. To wake up to the vitality of life in Christ. To be truly blessed is not because of your possessions. It's because you're in a relationship with God. You're walking with your creator. You're obeying your maker. Just like Elizabeth, just like Mary. There is no blessing or happiness that compares to faithfully doing what God has created you to do. If you've ever had a meeting with me, one of my favorite things to do, you've heard me say this before, is to talk just about that importance of us as human beings doing what God has created us to do. I talk about this all the time. So I'll say, if God created me to be a lawnmower, then I want to be the best lawnmower ever made. And if I spend all my time trying to be a dishwasher or a sofa or a ping pong table, if my life isn't expressed in the way that God created it to be expressed, then I am going to be so frustrated in life. I am going to be the most miserable lawnmower ever. But maybe you're like, but, but yeah, but I really want to be a sofa. I, I mean, I've dreamed about being a sofa all my life. And I think I'd be a pretty good sofa. I mean, I think it would make me happy. I, I really want to be a sofa. But see, a huge part of being a created human being is to surrender my plans, my dreams, my hopes, my aspirations, even what I think is best for me, and instead radically trust in my maker. Trust. Do you believe you have a good maker? Do you believe that you have a perfect maker who does not make mistakes? And when he makes things, my, my job isn't to try to convince him or manipulate him or coerce him to try to make me a dishwasher. But instead it's to fall on my knees, to surrender to him. Say, not my will be done, but your will be done. Mold me into the best lawnmower ever. And by your commands, in the Bible, in the Spirit, what does he do? He comes in and he teaches us and he trains us and he molds us and he guides us and he leads us to be the best lawnmower ever. The church is in that place of humility, humility, which is vital to the Christian life, but humility and surrender where we yield to our maker. That's when we begin to run on all the cylinders in God's perfect will for our lives. And it doesn't get better than that. We begin to experience the true blessings and happiness of God. And that should be our great ambition in life as Christians. To place our lives underneath his perfect will for us. And so we lean in. We spend time listening to him. Paying attention to his instructions. As Mary did with Gabriel. We lean in. We press in. We pay attention to him. We listen to his word. We listen to his spirit. And we do what he says. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. But then I want to close with this. This also means that whatever I think makes me happy, I cannot chase after those things, as tempted as I might be. I cannot chase after those things. I will never experience the blessings of God chasing after things that maybe I want, but God doesn't want for me. And this includes so many areas, church. When we think that divorce is the answer, and I know that most of you in this room have been divorced. And there's many painful reasons why people get a divorce. And I'm not talking about that. 
But if you are in this room considering divorce, we live in a country where divorce has become so normalized. It's just a valid option. Not even for biblical reasons. It's just an option because you know I'm not happy and don't you know the Lord wants me to be happy. No, do you know what the Lord says? The Bible clearly states God hates divorce. Jesus, the one that you and I were just singing to, the one that we have pledged our allegiance to, he speaks about divorce. He says, you know why Moses permitted you divorce? He said, because your hearts were hard. When would we ever celebrate that? He permitted it because our hearts were hard. It's not the way it was from the beginning. And yes, because of sin in the world, there's reasons for divorce. But today, if you're considering that, do not chase after divorce to be the answer for your happiness. It will never satisfy. For some of us, we try to fulfill that happiness, be satisfied in life through our sexual desires that we have with another person. But whoever that person might be, whatever their name might be, whether it's a computer screen or a a real person, if your sexual relations with another human being are not expressed in the covenant of marriage between a man and woman, you are seeking something other than what God has for you for your happiness. You are seeking someone other than God for your blessings. And you will never truly find the blessings of God outside of the perfect will of God. And don't get me wrong, even in our rebellion you'll still experience the blessings of God from time to time. I, I just believe that's how good he is. I mean, just look around. He has overwhelmed this world with his blessings. But do not confuse that as being the same as living a blessed life in Jesus. Everyone in this room, including myself, has tasted that bitter fruit of trying to find happiness in something other than God. Every one of us. My list is long. It's very long. Growing up, I'll just share a few with you. Growing up, I always had a girlfriend. Aunt Sonia knows that. Uh, I would joke that I was a professional dater. (laughs) And yet, none of those relationships ever brought me the happiness that Christ brings. Or I think about, I bought this brand new car in 2004. I, I just became a pastor, and to celebrate, I bought this 2005 Subaru Outback Sport One of the worst decisions I've ever made. Come on, with that signature on the dotted line, I put myself in debt that I had never experienced before. Online poker. Online poker, it was kind of fun at the beginning. It was exciting, right? It got my adrenaline going. But it quickly turned into a gambling addiction. Chasing after that happiness, it brought a wrecking ball through my life. I have a long list of decisions that I made to try to be happy that left me so unhappy. You probably know people that are making those decisions, maybe even yourself, right? Again, every one of us in this room knows what what that's like. And yet, praise the Lord for His grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God that allows people like me who have wasted many days chasing after the happiness of this world That by His grace, by His mercy that's new every morning, He offers me and He offers you, every one of us right now, the opportunity to truly live blessed in Christ. Praise the Lord. See, as a big part of my story is as much as I've spent some days chasing after false blessings, chasing after the wrong things, 
By his grace, church, and this is only a testimony to his grace, I have spent many more days living for and obeying the will of God for my life. I've spent many more days obeying his word, obeying his spirit. And church, it makes me so happy. It's just like you. I have the honor, I have the privilege of living a blessed life as I walk out my belief in faith in God. The encouragement I want to leave all of us today is that your past sins, your, your mistakes, they have not discounted you from living a blessed life today. Again, if that was true, I'd be a goner a long time ago. But by His grace, by His mercy, He gives you the opportunity today to live a blessed life, a satisfied, a happy life in Christ. Remember Zechariah? I know it's been a couple of weeks ago. And they say that most people have no idea what the pastor said within 15 minutes of walking out the front door. That's okay. I'll keep trying. But if you remember what Zechariah said, he, he first doubted. He first doubted. But God didn't give up on him. The angel kept speaking, and his wife became pregnant. Even Mary, at first, remember? She says, I don't think this can happen. I'm a virgin. Yes, at first she doubted. But, but God didn't give up on her. The angel kept speaking. And Mary came back to a place of faith and belief. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Maybe you're sitting here today and, and you've doubted God. You've doubted his plans. You've doubted his word. And maybe you've even decided you've chosen to disobey the Lord. You're going to search for your own happiness in this world instead of finding your blessing in God. But if that's you, the great thing about a moment like this is that he hasn't given up on you. And the angel is still speaking. The Lord is still speaking to you. And by his grace, by his mercy, you can right now put your belief in him. Like Zechariah, like Mary, like so many others who have gone before you, you can walk it out. You can walk out this belief in faith. And you will live a blessed life. You will live happy in the Lord. Come what may, sunny skies or gray, you're going to learn how to live blessed in Jesus Christ. I hope you believe that. And I don't even have to try to convince you. But hopefully the Lord, by his word and his spirit, would confirm some of those things within you today. I want to close by reading the Beatitudes, a pretty churchy section. We all have that poster in our house But Jesus, in the Beatitudes, he declares those who are blessed. I hope it challenges us as we live this hashtag blessed life in America. Because hashtag blessed, again, in America, it's to have the amazing wife, the obedient children, the good-looking body, the great job, good friends, financial freedom, nice ride, hashtag blessed. I'm not against any of those things, by the way. I think we should be thankful for the gifts in our life, right? Praise the Lord for the gifts that God has given us. But notice in this Beatitudes passage, Jesus doesn't mention any of those things. Again, they can be wonderful gifts, but do not confuse the gifts of God with his blessing. I know that challenges us today. But there are thousands upon thousands of people living in our country who have every one of those things that I just mentioned. And they are some of the most miserable people on earth. I don't even have to convince you of that. We can just look at the celebrity world. We can just read the news, watch something. We know that people who have every one of those things 
who even end up, like Laura just talked about, even wanting to maybe take it all, to end their life. We've chased after the things of this world, the people of this world for happiness, instead of surrendering to God's perfect will for their life. A lawnmower trying to be a sofa. The church, a life lived in rebellion to the authority of God's kingdom. A life that doesn't understand your desperate need for a savior. A life that doesn't humble and submit and place your trust in God. A life that doesn't depend on God for everything to fill you up, to give you what you need. That life will never be a blessed life. The truly blessed life humbly seeks first the kingdom of God. A life that leans forward, listens to, and obeys the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Even when things are hard, by the way. Even things are tough, by the way. Because there's times when your heart's going to be broken. There's going to be times when you are devastated by the things of life. But in that moment, and often with tears coming down your faces, you lean in, you press into the things of God. You rise up in faith. Circumstances, be good or bad, a life that is blessed declares, I trust in you, Lord. I believe in you, Lord. And may your word to me be fulfilled. I am your servant. Let's put it up on the screen and we'll read it together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad Because great is your reward in heaven. Say it again. Rejoice and be glad. Great is reward in heaven. Hashtag blessed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. Thank you Jesus for today. We worship you Lord. We worship your name. We worship you Lord. We worship you. You you lay it out right there. That our blessedness. Our satisfaction, our fulfillment, our happiness, it's not based on circumstances, but it's based on you, on your kingdom, on your righteousness. It's based on your presence. It's based on who you are in our lives. And yet, Lord, the American church has been duped. I don't know who it is, but he probably has Satan attached to it. (laughs) Lord, we have been duped, just duped. It's embarrassing, Lord. What has happened to the American church in this area of blessings and blessed. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us that around this world there are people without anything, without any possessions, who are so happy in Jesus. Who are just so happy in you, Jesus. But Lord, I believe you gave us this message today. You sent this word not to condemn us, but to break us free. To set us free. 
to be happy indeed. Lord Jesus, that we would be blessed in you, Lord. That we would find the fullness of life as we walk by your Spirit. Lord Jesus, set us free. Set us free from those trappings of this world. Set us free from even some of the things of our culture that try to convince us that's what it means to be happy. That's what it means to be blessed. Lord, just set us free. Lord, there's people in this room that even right now, they're being, they're, their minds just can't even get here. There's this block. They, they can't get there. They're still just, even now, just waiting for circumstances to change before they're happy in you, Jesus. Lord, we need you to do a miracle right now in their minds. That you break down those walls. That regardless of how things are going, they can find their satisfaction, their contentment in the presence of God. Jesus, do a miracle right now. Lord, I have chased after the things of this world. A thousand times would be a small number compared to what I've actually done. It's a thousand times, a thousand times. I've turned away from your perfect will for my life. And yet your grace brings us back into the fold. Your grace chases after us and brings us back into the fold. And what I love about this moment is this blessed life isn't based on my track record, but it's based on your cross, your death, your sacrifice. And so today, Lord, we once again just ask you to cover us with your blood. Cover us with your sacrifice, that you would give us a moment, an opportunity today, a moment where we can turn again from our sins and instead say yes to your perfect sacrifice and yes to the blessed life that you offer us through your blood. So Jesus, I just pray that over this room that we would come alive in Christ. We were once dead in our sins, but we've been made alive in Christ. But Lord, teach us, mold us, Change us. Lord, whatever you have created and made us to be, may the rebellion stop. If we're a lawnmower trying to be a sofa, Lord, would that rebellion stop in the name of Jesus? Because you're already speaking. We're just struggling listening. So continue to speak. But today we say we are listening to your perfect will, Lord. We're listening. We're leaning in. We're pressing in, God. Speak to us. We will do what you ask us to do. And blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.